This is a Squeeze podcast. We're your shortcut to being informed. Good morning, I'm Kate Watson. And I'm Claire Kimball. It's Wednesday the 3rd of February. In your Squeeze today, Western Australia's emergency double whammy, talking economics, Israel Folau's possible NRL spot, and the easiest shoes in the world. This is your Squeeze today. Yesterday, Premier of Western Australia, Mark McGowan, Clare, said the state was battling two different kinds of emergencies. He's referring to the fact that much of the state is in lockdown due to that positive COVID case, but also challenging Western Australia is that fire burning in the northeast of Perth. As many as 59 homes have been lost to that bushfire that's still burning out of control. The conditions have been really terrible there. They've had high temperatures and strong winds that scheduled to continue today. That created spot fires three and a half kilometres ahead of the front at times yesterday. That was really challenging for firefighters who authorities say are quite fatigued. Uh, Adding to the complexity, of course, is this coronavirus lockdown. There were reports yesterday of quite a bit of confusion for evacuating residents who were unsure about where they were allowed to go. Yeah, authorities yesterday said evacuating because of fires, though, was more than fine. To COVID, Claire, no new cases again in the West yesterday. So if things stay that way, residents of locked down areas could be unlocked come Friday. In the meantime, there was some insight yesterday as to how the quarantine hotel security guard who contracted COVID-19 did so. Yeah, what authorities said yesterday is that he delivered medicine to a return traveller who had that highly infectious UK variant of the virus. And that, they think, is the contact that saw him pick up that virus. The monthly RBA interest rates announcement is starting to become fairly predictable, again staying at that very, very low rate of 0.1%. RBA Governor Philip Lowe, as part of that announcement, also talked about quantitative easing, which is where I start to get a bit lost. (laughs) <laughs> oh, you're not going to make me do that again, are you? Come on. <laughs> okay. So basically it's a move that central banks use to stimulate the economy when there's nothing left to squeeze out of interest rates. It sees the central bank buy bonds and that really is an injection uh, back into the system of funds that can then be lent and invested by people like you and me and by businesses, so really building the economy ongoing. Uh, the RBA had said for the first time it was going to do that last year with about $100 billion of bonds being bought. Uh, they've doubled that program yesterday and that was a surprise to the market. And an early squeeze of the day, Reserve Bank Governor Philip Lowe is speaking at the press club today. And I'm sure he'll explain it much better than I just did. Possibly. A document by <laughs> Donald Trump's campaign that outlines why why he lost the election last year has been obtained by media. Yeah, it's a report by his own chief pollster, Tony Fabrizio. Uh, and what he says is that really he lost the election because he didn't get enough votes. And that was because voter perception across the key states that flipped against him uh, found that he wasn't honest or trustworthy. And that saw him lose ground with almost every age group of voters, but particularly with white men. Meanwhile, Claire, his impeachment trial looms. He's holding the line that the election was fraudulent. 
Yeah, there's been documents that have been tabled in the Congress overnight, the prosecution and the defence briefs. What the Democrats are saying is that he jeopardised the foundations of democracy by whipping up his supporters into a frenzy at that rally in Washington, D.C. on the 6th of January. But what Trump's team says is that all he was doing was exercising his First Amendment right to express his view that the election had been stolen. That impeachment trial kicks off on the 9th of February. We talked yesterday about the plight of Myanmar with the military launching a coup and overrunning the government. That move has seen them cut off the country's internet, telephone networks, they've closed airports. It's also believed that the democratically elected leader of Myanmar, Aung San Suu Kyi, is being kept under house arrest. Her party has called for her release, Claire, and internationally, countries are threatening to reimpose sanctions on Myanmar over that coup. Yes, certainly US President Joe Biden has made that threat to reimpose impose sanctions if the situation isn't resolved quickly. Our government is also under pressure to do the same by local advocates. Uh, We currently have sanctions against five Myanmar generals who are accused of persecuting Rohingya Muslims. But what some people want Australia to do is to go further than that. Our Trade Minister Dan Tian responded to those calls yesterday saying it was too early for those decisions to be made. Sanctions is one of those ones that sometimes throws me. It's basically a penalty a country can apply on another and is used as a way to apply pressure to a country to change their behaviour. To the issues surrounding the Collingwood Football Club now and that internal review that showed they had a lot to address by way of a racist culture within the club. The president of Collingwood, Eddie Maguire, has copped a fair bit of heat, Claire, for his choice of words in responding to that when he said it was a historic and proud day for the club as he accepted all the recommendations of that review. Eddie himself has admitted that wasn't a great way to put it and now the Premier of Victoria has weighed in. Yeah, in a quirk of timing, Maguire had to front up to an annual general meeting yesterday uh, and he apologised for that description. But yes, Victorian Premier Daniel Andrews and also the AFL boss Gil McLaughlin said that his commitment to enact change should be supported. Not so forgiving was Harrietta Lumbamba, who said the club is completely tone deaf to where the world is at right now. From the NRL to the AFL, news that St George Illawarra will ask for permission from the NRL to sign Israel Folau on a two-year contract. There's a bit to this one as well, Claire. Yeah, another quirk in timing, that one. It was also revealed yesterday that their much-loved captain, Cameron McGuinness, uh, will play for Cronulla next year. Uh, That's because the Dragons weren't able to stump up a compelling offer for him. So some fans were a bit disappointed that they're losing McGuinness but seem to be gaining Folau with money that could have been used to keep the guy that they liked. The NRL says they haven't received that formal application yet, but they would consider any application that was forthcoming. And finally, in cricket, an announcement last night from Cricket Australia that their upcoming tour of South Africa has been postponed due to health concerns over there. South Africa, of course, is battling a second wave of COVID-19 and a new variant of the virus. So Captain Thomas Moore-Claire, who achieved much admiration when, at 99 years of age, he raised more than £32 million for health charities in the UK by completing 100 laps of his garden during lockdown last April. It's hard to forget. Earlier this week, though, he was taken to hospital, Claire, and sadly has now 
died. Yeah, he had to get help to breathe and that has seen him succumb to the coronavirus. His family were with him. The Queen, who knighted him last July for his good work, raising almost 60 million Australian dollars, uh, led the tributes overnight. She said that he was an inspiration who provided for the whole nation and across the world that inspiration that we needed at a pretty dark time. Uh, UK Prime Minister Boris Johnson also said that he was a hero in the truest sense of the word. He was 100 years old and his daughters put it well when they said the last year of our father's life was nothing short of remarkable. Very, very true. Nike Claire is a brand that's hard not to admire. Now their Go Fly Ease shoes have me absolutely stumped as to why someone hasn't invented this sooner. <laughs> Maybe they have. Maybe oh, they look, have. I, I think don't know. That, you know, the old... Uh, vinyl shoes with the zips on the side did the job where you were able to just slip your foot into something and move on. But no one's got time to tie shoelaces these days. It does seem like genius. It is. They kind of have a raised heel. You can just slip your foot in and away you go. I think that we need to put a link to this one in people's episode notes. You sort of uh, have it's to see it to believe thing. it kind of one. Yeah. yeah. Squeeze the day. And as I mentioned earlier, RBA Governor Philip Lowe will address the National Press Club in the middle of the day. So watch out for plenty of coverage on that. Uh, For me, it's the anniversary of the establishment of the world's first commercial cheese factory that happened in Switzerland in 1815. That's important. I think that one's quite important. Yeah, it became big commercial in the US uh, after that, but Switzerland led the way. (laughs) Bit of cheese history on a Wednesday morning. How good. (laughs) That's all from us today. Thanks so much, as always, for tuning into the Squeeze Today podcast, and we'll be back with you tomorrow. message now from our podcast partner, Hubble. You know what it's like. Your friend recommends a great film or TV show and you're excited to check it out, but suddenly realise you can't remember what she said it was. That's where Hubble, spelt H-U-B-B-L, comes in. It brings your streaming apps and free-to-air TV together into a single experience. You can easily search for your favourite content and keep track of what you want to continue watching. You can also watch free-to-air TV with or without an aerial using the integrated TV guide so you always know what's on and where. It's TV and streaming made easy. Go to hubble.com.au to find out more.